indie artist myself, uh, electronic music producer, musician, keyboardist. I've been interviewing indie artists um, since 2018 on Anchor FM, which is part of Spotify. And uh, we have Mo Marazzi on the line. Yes, you sir. Guys are, from, are you guys from California or Texas? We are from uh, Texas, Central Texas, around the San Antonio area. Okay, cool. <laughs> Um, so you guys, well, how would you label your band? Is, are you guys like a, a punk, indie, rock, heavy metal, like you're a mixture of multiple genres? Yes, sir. All of the, all of the above. <laughs> no, we're, uh, we're like an alternative, uh, punky indie band. I'd say a good mix of everything. Yeah, we try Pop. to mix a lot of things, a lot of different kinds of rock genres. You know, we got some of that classic. Yeah, classic rock, it, definitely. As well as that, um... Yeah, because I was listening to your latest single, Leech. And oh, I yeah, heard... thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah, and I, and I heard, like, like, it sounded a little bit like the Strokes. <laughs> but then I also heard some, like, Guns N' Roses, like, on your guitar solo. Oh, um, thanks, thank man. <laughs> yeah, kind of, right? That's awesome. Yeah, she, she, yeah, channeling Slash a little bit. And then, you know, I, I'm a big fan of bands like, uh, you know, Joy Division and The Clash and yes. Green Day. Yeah. Who, yes. Who's to do Orange 9mm? I'm a keyboardist, but I, I have an appreciation for punk music. Oh, because yeah. I like, like you know, Trent Reznor and industrial metal and stuff like that. So, yeah, I could hear your reference points because I'm a big music fan. I love every type of music. I'm, I, I'm, I'm showing my age. I'm like 52 years old. I grew up with the Beatles, the Stones, Ooh. and Hendrix. You know, I was there for when punk started. You know, I was into like you know CBGBs and all that stuff. Oh, really? Out. No way! That's awesome. Yeah, with, with all those bands, you know, from the Talking Heads to you know bands like the Runaways and you know everything in between. I'm, I'm just into everything. So, what um, kind of uh, but, what kind of music do you <laughs> usually play? Well, I am. Um, I play what I call expansive sound, which is a mixture of bands like Sun Ra and Parliament Funkadelic and bands like Yes and bands like Genesis, like old school, old, old school. I use like analog Moogs. I have real keyboards that are like, you know, Moogs and Roland Jupiters and stuff like oh, that. That's so awesome, I, man. Yeah, I'm a keyboardist. So I grew up liking guys like Emerson, Lake and Palmer. And, you know, you know, you know, you know, Stevie Wonder, you know, people who can, you know, Greg Allman, great keyboardist people who would play Hammond B3s, you know, you know, play, uh, you know, any kind of, you know, great uh, synthesis, you know, from 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 like the guys oh, yeah. in Sunrod or Herbie Hancock, you know, Stevie Wonder, any any great keyboardist I was into, but I also like like guitar players. Right. And a lot of keyboard, a keyboardist are like frustrated guitar players and <laughs> be like, okay. I wanted to play guitar, but I ended up being able to play keyboard. So I always love to listen to a lot of heavy metal and a lot of punk bands, you know, from, oh, yeah. you know Pearl Jam, you know, Pete yeah. Townsend. Dude, we, you know, you know, we love Pearl Jam. You know. We do love Pearl Jam. <laughs> yeah, their latest album, that's like a return to form. That's really Yeah, good. it's really I mean, good. I love I, it. I would, yeah, Gigatron is pretty good. Oh, yeah. um, that's ac- but you, yeah. <laughs> that's actually uh, Austin's biggest vocal inspiration is Eddie Vedder. Yeah, he I takes know. a lot of. Eddie yeah. yeah. Well, Eddie, Eddie's that got that emo. <laughs> he's got that e- e- like that that thin line between emo, grunge, and punk. And then, Ooh, oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. We really appreciate the compliments, man. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like the cool thing about you know grunge was you know bands like Pearl Jam were kind of echoing the Who. One, the Who is one of my favorite bands of all time, and oh, yeah. 
and and they were like the original punks. You know, Pete Townsend and and, and, and you know Keith Moon. Those guys were like the original you know mod punks from from London. You know, they oh, they, yeah. they, right. they kind of had that attitude before anybody. Um, yeah, they did what they always, wanted. <laughs> yeah, I always appreciated that sound. You know, kind of kind of reckless abandon. <laughs> I think it's good because in an age where people are so tied down to BPM, they're so tied down to their soft scent, they're they're tied down to using Pro Tools or, or you know any of the you know the tools out there on the Dawes. Oh, yeah. I I just talked I just talked to a punk band from Australia a couple of days ago, and we were kind of getting into the fact that you know the some of the modern sound is a little too anesthetic. You know, it's a little too clean. Oh yeah, oh, definitely. And, you know, for... and the next, I mean, I'm I'm interviewing another band from like L.A. today, a, a female kind of riot girl act. And you know, the last three bands I've interviewed are are punk alternative grunge, you know, post punk rockers. It, that seems to be kind of coming back a little bit in the indie world. Yeah, I think that's awesome. It's it's a definitely a, a cool sound. That's yeah. been coming out recently. It was cool to see it on the rise. I mean, you can if you really pay attention and see all these bands that are coming up, and they start they're starting yeah. to form like a, a scene again instead of just all different kinds of spread out genres. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's definitely it's yeah. definitely more of like a national effort. I'd yeah. say nowadays, you know, just like everyone's kind of, you know, jumping in on it. And then even yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's what I've been I've been really interested in you know promoting bands. That are, you know, indie, independent, you know, alternative music, you know, because the big labels, they got their own way of doing stuff. But um, I like to give, you know, bands like yourselves a chance to get uh, out there and have people know who you are. So the, I sent you a bunch of questions. So I'm going to start with that. When did you guys first get into music? Who You can decide who answers that first. Ooh, first get into music. Like in general, I'd say, you know, my whole life, and I'm sure it's the same with Austin, I don't want to answer for him, but <laughs> yeah, we've we've loved music for I mean as long as I can remember personally. Yeah, for me, getting in music was mostly my it's because of my dad. My dad was a drummer in a band back in the day, and so he was always listening to all different kinds of you know rock genres and music, and he would always and Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic, you know he's a great um, no, <laughs> but like you know like bands like Rush. And, you know, some of yeah. his favorite bands. And then growing up Coldplay. on that kind of stuff. Um, and, and teaching me to really appreciate the music and, like, having a musical household with the drums. We had a piano. You know, we had a guitar. And so it was kind of just natural for me to grow up with music. That's awesome. So, like, you were starting, like, yeah, before you were a teenager then. Oh, yeah. yeah when, when he was five, uh, his dad taught him uh, How You Remind Me by Nickelback on the drums. And oh, that's just... awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, he yeah, no, he didn't. I'm just, I'm messing with him. No, yeah. no, but it was cool. from I mean... a young age. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I, I remind, but like when I first started, I was in a, like a basement band, and we started off playing like you know Cream songs and Jimi oh, Hendrix God. songs. Dude, that is so awesome. That's yeah, really cool. we, yeah, we just started. No, and we were. You know, I'm an African American, but people always like, oh, you know. And I, like they, they don't remember like blues came from like African American blues guys, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, Jimi Hendrix is still considered one of the greatest guitar players of all time. So it's not surprising, you know. What some people find it surprising when they see an African American kid like like rock, but I'm like, I like Lead Belly, right? Like, you we know, invented I like, rock, it, I like right? Robert <laughs> Johnson. 
you know, like what? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, if you look, like not only Stevie I mean, Ray Vaughan, you know, like they kind of came from Lead Belly and Robert exactly. Johnson. You know, yeah. come on, but uh, yeah, Robert um, Johnson. Yeah, 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 great blues guys. You know, that, that's BB King. You know, you know Hendrix. Like, still people can't outdo. I have like every Hendrix song that ever was. I got like every bootleg. I'm like totally drawn into that. But um, he's a ama- so he was amazing. Yeah, how long have you been working on music? Like, when I like to ask, but like working on music, when did you decide that you had your own voice in music and you wanted to put together like your own bands? You know, how early did you actually start forming bands? When Ooh. when I was a kid, really young, my dad would always tell me the stories about him being in a band. And I would invite my friends over and we would just, uh, you know, we'd get on his drum set and we would just pretend like we were in a band. We would try to come up with songs. So I'd say... If you mean from like wanting to form a band, it was from a really early age. Just having that, those stories being told me, it just sounded really cool. And I always wanted to do it. And then once I got into high school was when I was really starting to like meet new people. And um, I was ready to actually seriously try and start a band. And that's where me and John met around middle school. So, And then uh, so is this like your first band or a band that you guys have been in many, many bands and you kind of came back together and created this band? This is uh this is my first band personally, but uh Austin had a band in high school called Moronic Behavior. Yeah. There was like a punk band, uh, and they they played for a while. But then after high school, me and Austin were talking, and we kind of just you know realized that we wanted to do something together because we yeah. both you know like the same kind of music, and kind of just went on from there. We just realized like wow, we have a really similar kind yeah. of sound we want. And we just started that That's same awesome. night. We just went upstairs, grabbed the guitar, and started jamming on some new songs. And then, like from then on, we were like, "Okay, this is a band now." <laughs> we're do this so band. who 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 plays bass? Who plays lead? Or do you both play guitar? Oh, uh, so Austin plays rhythm guitar, and then I play lead and rhythm guitar. And uh, we have a bassist named Jake and a drummer named Paul, but neither of them are here right now because we're kind of quarantine yeah, yeah. yeah i'm locked down i'm locked down in new hampshire so i understand <laughs> gotcha, yeah. new hampshire that's yeah cool. that's where i'm Never actually from yeah yeah, oh, yeah cool. i'm on an east i'm an east coast guy you know but um i, I actually worked with somebody from la a couple of years ago on a project so you know I, that's the first i never got to meet him but we just worked on the net but um, ah, that's awesome that's, that is cool that's really cool yeah you can do a lot you'd be i got my own home studio with all my modes and stuff, but, um, yeah, what's cool. Um, when you started, like you were talking about your influences, your reference points, I kind of like to dive into that. So like, can you guys kind of give people, uh, a feeling for like who your influences and reference points are, like maybe even your your latest release. Um, like you talk about like leech are they specific? I, I, I kind of name check some people, but who would you, well, who who would you say are your heroes or your inspirations? So for Leech, um, when I was writing Leech, uh, some inspiration that I I got from was um, uh, I, one of my favorite rock albums is um, Arctic Monkeys' Your Favorite Worst Nightmare. Okay, cool. And so um, I, that's one of my big, uh, one of my favorite bands. And But for the most part, I mean, there's also the, um, the classic rock influences. You know, it's just a... a a lot of different kinds of music that we listen to that we kind of just flow into our music, uh, all of our songs, really. We never really pinpoint it mm-hmm. um, just because we listen to so many different kinds 
of music and we appreciate so many different so many different kinds of music that it's it kind of just it, i think it shows in our songs yeah definitely it's hard, yeah it's hard yeah it's hard to pin down a lot of people like better to kind of say indie or alternative because like i'm a cross genre and i think this is the age of cross genre you know like that's kind of like i i need my record label expansive sound just because that means i can include like everything you know oh, yeah from like like jazz to johnny cash to like hip-hop you know the Definitely. listening to like you know in, anything it's like i kind of frank sinatra like oh, something yeah. sinatra wrote that that's cool it's cool you know it's something johnny cash wrote it's cool you know he'd like to listen to hip-hop to go back you know listen to you know the 70s like zep you know everybody listened to zep but oh, definitely you know i like to you know, get a little deeper listen to like alex chilton and big star or something or the velvet underground with lou reed i, I kind of go wherever but um yeah it's cool like a lot of the bands i've talked to even if they have a punk aesthetic they they they're kind of all over the map they'll, they'll name check the beatles or they'll talk about you know some hip-hop people today like a tyler the creator or they'll talk about all kinds of other oh, yeah. that they're inspired by yeah it's just like all over the map yeah tyler the creator is an amazing artist he Great. i take a lot of inspiration from him definitely just musically uh, I yeah, think... I, I was surprised with him. He he started with Odd Future as a kid, you know, and then he's gotten to this like big. He's like he's like a Bowie. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. He kind of reinvents himself with characters all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think with uh with like streaming and you know how easily we can access music. I mean, it's just I think people branch out tend to branch out more these days. Definitely, it's easier too. Yeah. Because I mean, if you grew up if I didn't have the technology I did today and I just grew up in the household, you know, with my, my parents, you know, raising me, I would really most just listen to the music that my dad had laying around, you know? So I would mostly just be into the classic rock stuff and then branch out a little bit when I listen to radio. But luckily we have all this, you know, have all this music at our fingertips. And so we can just, so you just learn so much more and all different genres. And so now I'll be, I can go in and just listen to jazz. I have a jazz playlist on my phone. So I just, listen to that for a while or you know I, all kinds of stuff heavier stuff yeah well if you're into jazz try sunra jazz and silhouette that's a really good route for a, a space into place oh okay, okay. Those, yeah, are we'll check good, those are really awesome kind of like the cool thing about sunra just to give you a little history they were one of the first jazz outfits to ever use a mode oh, okay. back in the 50s in the 50s oh wow and this is like 58 59 they they got a mode in from new york uh, one of the first ones. That's crazy, and man. They, yeah, and, and they actually kind of predate Funkadelic. If you ever look at Sunrise, they dressed up like space aliens. Yeah, they were a jazz outfit, a bebop jazz outfit. They played like Davis, but they <laughs> That's dressed wild, up in man. long, long, like aluminum um, capes and masks, and they looked like Parliament Funkadelic from like 74 and 58. <laughs> and actually like george clinton kind of took the idea to be a kind of space funk alien black band from sunrise huh. but sunrise was not successful with that imagery but they became a real deep, big band but that that imagery like george clinton took it for funkadelic and you know that's how funkadelic kind of got their their look right, right? dude i really want to check them out now. <laughs> right? yeah they sound so interesting yeah 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 check them out but um it's cool that you guys you 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 you're willing to look at other types of genres because I think that's what a lot of bands today are doing. They're kind of able to um, you know work with anybody. So one of the questions, it's a little further along, but have you thought of collaborating 
with bands that are outside of your genre, like a DJ or EDM trance person or like a hip hop person or a female artist to like collaborate with? Have you thought about that? I mean, I, I personally would always be down for if it, if something works with what we're doing, I think anything would be cool to add in, but it's, it's really about getting the right people to work with. The- yeah, definitely. We talked about, yeah, we mentioned it before a couple of times, you know, like what if, um, you know, a hip hop artist wanted to, you know, get on a track. Yeah, right? but we'll like name drop like a big one. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like, what if Drake wanted to yeah, right. hop on a track? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the idea of it still is like, if someone, if a true hip hop artist, you know, wanted to hop on a track, and the, what it always comes down to is like, you know, they got to be, it has to fit the song, it has to fit the style still, even though they're bringing their own, yeah, yeah. bringing their own to yeah. it. But and it's got to stay true to like the meaning of the song, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah, you don't want to have a feature just to have a feature. Right. You don't want to go and like have Snoop on it. Yeah, just to have Snoop on yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. You know, just to, yeah, because it might not I, work. <laughs> I think it'd be cool to work with like some like like to have like a track like with like a like a hip hop producer, but like someone who has like a very distinct style. Kind of like I love RZA from uh, Wu Tang Clan. Oh yeah, yeah. RZA would RZA would would be a good yeah, one. like something like that. Like they just have that cool sound. That's kind of it's not necessarily like hip-hop but you know what i mean yeah, or you're a guy like a haji beat oh you know, yeah from like odd that future. Odd future. because he's like yeah he's awesome and he's not super well known and so it could be kind of really still legit in terms of you're not trying to go big but you just had something that's still kind of could the odd future was always kind of punk oh yeah oh, definitely yeah. Had, this kind of punk, had this kind of punk aesthetic and haji's like underrated i think haji's so oh, underrated. He's, one, he's really good yeah, he's one of my favorite members man Earl Sweatshirt. Too. I really like Earl Sweatshirt as like well. Sweatshirt. Well, Earl, yeah, Earl, Earl is phenomenal. I mean, he he drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, his lyricism is like a Dylan. You know, <laughs> I, I'm in, I'm you know he's like he's like a hip hop. Oh, yeah. He's like so he's so well read and his stuff is so deep. It's like it puts a lot of rap to shame just because how he's like some of the old school guys who used to be really talented in their rhyme structures back in the day you're talking about i'm talking about bands going back you know grandmaster flash and going back to the message and stuff people used to really craft the, the hip-hop right. it's like, and he's kind of goes back to that but even more so definitely you know? has a very like it's, east it's, coast hip-hop kind of vibe yeah then he has a slacker kind of thing to it, but now he's gotten more emo and more self-examination and stuff. So it's kind of deep, you know, it's deeper than most stuff. But um, so when you when you guys put together your recordings, and I talked about Dawes, but, you know, even punk bands use Dawes. Yes, sir. So uh, do, do, do you guys use digital audio workstations or you use like go to a recording studio and just do it in a studio? Like what style do you, or you have a combination of home studio in full studio and dawn whatever. uh we usually we work with uh uh you know like engineers and producers in a studio but of course uh they usually they record us with like a doll like pro tools or i think both i think yeah. our last producer and our new producer both use pro tools to record us which is like it's an awesome technology too because you could mess up a limited amount of times and they could just keep restarting you. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so we're so we're happy for yeah, that yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because like I'm I'm kind of like I kind of gone with this doll list production 
tonight. Um, I started on Tascam four trackers and 16 trackers back in the eighties. And then I kind of felt comfortable with just recording live, you know, I'm a keyboardist. So, you know, as a keyboardist, you know, I had a certain level of capability. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to put it down like the old school way. Oh, and, so and one awesome, of the things, well, cause I just use a zoom R 24, which is a 24 track digital recorder. But it's like uh, you, you don't really have the freedom to be on the grid because you, you, it's a little tiny screen. You know, it's like like 90s, 80s technology type of <laughs> yeah. thing. But it forces you to, to kind of like you got to get that track right so you play it. And so it's a different type of way of doing it. It's harder, but it makes you sound. And then I use analog sense. So to capture analog sense, if you bring them into DAWs, you can, but they sound better when you bring them in to a, a technology that doesn't kind of clip them yeah. or compress them, you know, lets them be what they are. And you, what you hear is what you get. You don't have to wait for rendering. And then you found out your mode got half the same. Yeah. It sounds out. like you, um, you really get that analog feel instead of it, uh, having it sound like MIDI. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I, we, I use sequences, but I use analog sequences. I kind of look like the way Rush used to use Moog, bass pedal, Taurus pedals and stuff. That's the kind of stuff I'm into. I'm kind of, using what what those bands like genesis and stuff used and you know it's 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 still using sequences but they're analog sequences so they're limited in what they can do and so you kind of deal with those limitations and you t- take advantage of it it's just a different way of recording Dude, um, but you know I, pre- I appreciate what the modern bands do because you guys are able to do a lot of cool stuff and get out oh yeah definitely and i'd i'd love to record like uh analog sometime or even through like a digital like a, a mixer too like that'd be awesome as well i think it it'd be cool but we'd like to find someone who really like knew what they were doing with it to before we did that just because it's yeah. a it's a really specific yeah skill set you know to be- yeah i mean to get a there's a lot of bands that like to go that way to go with you know guys who are doing recordings on like tape machines going back and using like analog boards and using actual reel-to-reel tapes on the boards you know they're using like sound city like olympia studio type of equipment which is actually starting to come back there's a lot of places that are actually getting a resurgence in analog you know preamps and controllers and all kinds of boards that actually aren't digital they're actually analog boards but um and you know it just is a cool thing if you find a guy that knows what they're doing with it because there's a sound that you get from analog and it's like you know people talking about vinyl oh, and yeah. people talk about mp3 is that there is a difference you know when i listened to sergeant pepper as a kid in like 76 or 75 on a vinyl and I had to listen to the whole thing through, it's different than listening to it on my iPhone. Oh, definitely. It gives you <laughs> yeah. a whole different feel. Yeah. Like you, yeah, the, totally, that second you pop yeah. the needle on and it makes that little crackling and yeah, you just yeah. feel, feel warm inside, you know? You're like, yes. So what do, you, what do you guys think about that as a band? Like, do you think, like when you write music, do you think of like just singles or do you think of as like projects and albums? Like I grew up, like everything was an album and I would sit down and listen to Pink Floyd all the way through oh, the yeah. wall, you know, or, or I'd listen to Sgt. Peppers or I'd listen to Go Head Soup by the, by the Stones, you know, I'd listen to, you know, like, you know, rumors, you know, all the way through because that's kind of what you had to do. You didn't, you didn't have an opportunity to skip around. But so do you guys kind of focus on singles or you focus on EPs or albums? How do you, you know, put together your music? So, um, Usually when I when I write some of the songs, I normally have a uh, like an underlining 
things that kind of connect. So I, every time I write, I, um, I visualize it in an album form. Um, we released an EP um, last year um, called Paroxysm, and that had on it. And these next two singles that we just released, I Need You and Leech, they're leading up to a, um, a uh, EP called Things to Worry About. So we normally always uh, visualize it in like album EP form, just because I like, you know, something cool. to have like, you know, like meat to, you know, there's a yeah. whole, it makes it I think it's fuller. cool to have like a, like a going, like an ongoing theme and like having your songs correlate through a, to a specific time period yeah. in which we're writing the songs, you know? Yeah. And I still listen to personally very album. Like I, I listen to like albums all the way through all the time still. And that's kind of, that's kind of how I just that's consume cool. music. Just kind of used to it like that. That's interesting. That seems to be a new trend in the last five months compared to like two years ago. Uh, two years ago, everybody was just saying, oh, I'm just doing singles. And then the last five, six months, I've been talking to bands that are starting to talk about album-oriented stuff again, which is very heartening for me because I kind of grew up, again, you know, that's what I, I'm familiar oh, with. Oh, yeah, definitely. Even concept albums and- like, like Tommy and Cardiphenia and stuff like that. I mean, that's what I kind of grew up like wanting to do. Like, yes, you know, big projects, 10-minute-long songs, you know, eight-minute songs. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know? definitely. I mean, that's one thing that, like, another big thing about our music is that, that we have, like, a, a serious message in all of our songs and with our EPs and stuff. And so just with a single, I don't think, you know, you wouldn't be able to get the full effect of what we what we want to get across with these lyrics, you know? So all these songs having the same meaning and yeah. being – and we normally do have long songs, you know? Yeah, yeah, like Miss Miss Misery, yeah. six minutes and thirty two seconds off of terrorism, and most bands today don't go past like three minutes or two. Oh yeah, yeah, minutes. definitely, and that's you definitely uh, too like another like classic. I feel like a classic rock oh, kind of yeah. move to do, you know, just have those long songs, and those are definitely album cuts because we wouldn't think about releasing like a six minute right, single, yeah. you know. So without like having like the album structure, we couldn't really have the more yeah, experimental songs or the yeah, you couldn't even put yeah. Yeah, you can't even put them out if you don't have an EP because, like, the market doesn't want to sustain Yeah, that. definitely. Um, I mean, well, in the kind of art that I am, like, within my little micro genre of being, a, like, an experimental keyboardist, like, there are people, we, we, we write 8, 10 minute, 15 minute songs, you know, but we have, a, like, a core audience that likes that, you know, and when I perform live, people want to hear that stuff, but, but it's, like, it's a very niche audience that wants to hear that. Uh, most people are not into that. <laughs> but but it's it, it's heartening that you guys are still going that way but that's kind of cool oh yeah definitely so since you are do have like such a niche like do you have more uh people like going to like your live shows than what would usually be since like it's more like specific you know well it's weird I, my audience is kind of wide you know i got an audience that, that goes like worldwide because I get a lot of people like in Berlin. Ah, that's so awesome, man. In Australia and Tokyo and stuff like that. That's where I kind of, I get the people who are like the real, like uh, modular nerds <laughs> in the freaks in right. Berlin. And, you know, in places like that, you know, guys in LA, guys in CBGBs, you know, in New York City, like the, those kind of like Fat Baby, which like a club in Manhattan, you know, people who like, you know, that want to hear, a live act and they want to see somebody on a mini Moog or a profit five actually playing it instead of like a DJ up jumping up and down. And so, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like I actually, I mean, I, I, 
I actually play yeah. <laughs> You're like, so I'm people, an actual musician. <laughs> yeah, so there are people that still want to see musicians. So that's where I tend to get, you know, and I do production work with other musicians that are looking for those sounds and they don't have Neck Mogs or Prophet Five. They don't have them. And so they want, they hear my stuff and they say, oh, can you do something? And so I've been, and plus this podcast, it kind of opened up with Spotify, you know, Anchor is part of Spotify. And they found me on oh, yeah. SoundCloud. And then they say, hey, you know, would you like doing a show? And I started doing the show. Um, and it's interesting. And I've interviewed like 30 bands from around the world. Um, like I said, I just interviewed a punk band from Australia about two nights ago. And in an hour or two, I'm, I'm interviewing a, a, like a, a riot girl act from uh, Los Angeles. And it's just, it's really cool to be able to, to, you know, be a musician and then talk to musicians. And that was kind of like the pitch. Like That is like, really awesome. Uh, it's such a know, cool technology we have now, you know, that you can just like talk to bands from all around the world and we're not even like seeing each other or anything, you know? Yeah. That's really, yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah, that's really point, awesome. The point is to be able to give guys like you a platform and not restrict it, you know, so that you guys can kind of get deep into like, you know, where you're coming from. Um, and so maybe if I give you like your latest song, maybe we, I like to have bands that kind of explain, maybe not too much, but like your latest single can you guys talk about like like what it's what the meaning is behind it i guess sometimes fans want people to kind of figure it out but do you guys can talk about how you built the song and where it's coming from and all that uh yeah sure um <clears throat> on leech, leech so with leech yeah leech it's um it's a lot about um feeling like you're, be, you're being played almost like you're a, a like a chess piece this whole uh EP we have coming out, like things to worry about. The underlying meaning of all of it is just be, people taking advantage of, you know, people, whether it be um, a love interest, whether it be a, um, a coworker, a friend, you know, it's, there's those people out there. And what Leech stands for is, you know, someone who will, you know, attach onto somebody and not let mm-hmm. them go and take what they, what they want to sustain themselves and then let and leave you, you know, hanging or whatever. Yeah, and so, uh, <laughs> right, right. And so I've had a lot of experiences, you know, with um, with people like that in my life. And so, and writing that is just kind of the leech. It's going to be like on the EP. Oh, yeah. And so, it, oh, it's no good. <laughs> it gives like a um, like a whole opening and in, in, inside um, look to what the whole rest of the EP is going to be about. The other songs are more um are more uh, the message is a little bit more hidden and a little bit deeper this one's just straightforward this is what this ep is about this is what you know and so, so is it, it kind of about like the, the whole project about like social dynamics between people like like de- definitely like, yeah. it goes in societal standards um <laughs> political standards and songs and then um it's very much more like screw you than the yeah. last one it's definitely, definitely. more screw you musically sorry before no, no. Yeah, well that's that's the punk aesthetic you know the, the original johnny rotten is you know um you know he was famous he had a concert where they kind of like the sex vessels were like not performing as great as maybe they should and he said you know to, i guess you feel cheated <laughs> 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 you know, he had the tendency to kind of like you know put it in your face it's like well, you've just been cheated <laughs> yeah. and we did it like a piss poor it's like this kind of punk aesthetic you know going from like the ramones to you know johnny rotten is they had this attitude like well you know f you yeah, yeah we don't feel like doing, very... we don't feel like being pitch perfect tonight or in <laughs> tonight. And like, that's is... what you're gonna get and don't you feel cheated it's like 
<laughs> which is kind of how we are live because not because on purpose but just because we're not that good. <laughs> no we're good but we just we don't try i would say we don't try to be perfect is a thing we're like the so, replacements like, paul paul yeah paul westerberg's replacements were famous to going going totally lit on stage and just being like totally out of control and out of tune and you know people loved it. you know the press would go oh this is dynamic you know <laughs> <laughs> the, the music journalists were like they, 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 it's, it's interesting sometimes they praise you at the beginning when you do that but then if you keep on doing it and they're like okay well, I thought you were kind of going to get beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just part of the whole punk aesthetic is to kind of be raw and real. And I, I've always been drawn to it, even as a keyboardist. You know, it's like, well, you know, we, I get driven to, you know, you know, great acts, you know, like, you know, like a Herbie Hancock, totally precise jazz guy, right? But then I'll, I'll go listen to the Who's Could Do or Orange 9mm, you know, or, or something, you know, crazy that's a little more, you know, kind of out there. And it's just because you know, I, I, I like anybody who's pushing the envelope, whether it's a jazz artist or a classical artist or anybody doing anything, it's just interesting to see people who are being, you know, true to themselves. And it's kind of about, about how you approach it. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. We always try to approach anything we do with a sense of, you know, genuine. We, we put uh, ourselves in there for sure. No lies here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean because like, if you're going to be an artist, like there's, you know, it's a capitalist system. Right? Everybody wants to make money. But a lot of times we, what I find is musicians, especially indie musicians, they do it because they love music. Oh, they yeah. do it because they, ha- they, they lo- have something to say. Because what you guys are doing is that you, you, you love it, right? I mean, you're passionate about it. And even if you're not like in the top 10, you're going to still do it because you're, you want to do it, right? Oh, it's definitely. Like, and that was like a big thing with us is that like we'd be we'd be doing this whether we had you know no fans or no no one listening to us or people listening to us like when people you know when people would ask me if i was younger like what do you want to do when you're older what are you going to be when you're older i would always say you know like i want to be a musician not meaning that i want to be the next big thing but like right now i feel like i'm you know i'm living the dream it's what i wanted to do like i'm i'm playing Mm -hmm. music with my friends and and I'm always going to do that. And I'm writing about things that, about how I feel about things and I'm making my voice be heard. And that's how I can, you know, express myself through this art. And so no matter what, I'll, I would always be doing, I would always be doing this. That's, all, that's awesome. You know, like, I think that that's the future of music is like the people who are passionate about it, things just happen. Like, like you, you know, you just end up getting to the right people. You end up getting to the right places. You go forward with your dream because you, you believe in it. You know, the guys who are like, want to be the biggest thing, you know, they might not make it if that's what the whole point is. Yeah. Cause not, everybody's gonna, not everybody's going to be the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're going to give up as soon as you realize, like, if like, you know, you don't catch on as quick as you think you, you're going to you and you give up on yeah. it. I mean, it's not very sustainable. That, <laughs> no, the sustainable model is to believe what you're doing, find like a niche audience, find a place to play. Find you know people who are die hard you know in this world as an indie artist you know sell your merch do you know sync licensing if you want to do that but you know there's there's things you can do like the way I'm doing this podcast I found that I can you know continue my my career as the ghost and you know it takes away from my writing time but it it pushes my name out there and so you you find different ways to do things you know oh yeah and 
So, so when you, um, you guys were playing live, right? You were doing live shows? Yes, sir. Or did you guys? So I noticed on your website, you were talking about how you were going to be going like the Cali, but did all that get kind of pushed down because of what happened with Corona? Oh, definitely. A thousand percent. We had a whole, uh, Texas tour, uh, all booked out and we had, we were talking to like boy from California and then after the whole coronavirus thing, which just kind of, you know, hit every, everyone in the music industry. I mean, it kind of, yeah, we were kind of screwed us over. Yeah, yeah, we had just yeah. finished I mean, booking all the Texas tour, and we were just about to start booking California. We were making the connections. We were talking to, to people, and then right then it was it started getting crazy and spreading faster and faster, and it just had to be shut down. And we couldn't nothing we could do about it. <laughs> yeah. So are you guys like jumping on like the online um, um, concerts that are starting to happen with some of these? Um, like I jumped on the two I signed up for. They're starting to do these indie showcases from people's bedroom studios and garage studios. They're starting to, you know, have places that are going to do that. Oh, have you definitely. found any way to kind of to, to convert to that strategy? Well, uh, we're actually, uh, so tonight, actually, we're doing a, just a little bedroom uh, acoustic uh, performance just recorded on our phones for Instagram Live. But yeah, like cool. definitely. I think if we find someone who has a cool setup, they can do a good live thing. I think it's awesome, especially during these times of you know quarantine and staying distant. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great thing that bands are found a way to still get out there and play shows. Oh yeah, I mean, because I I just I'm, I'm part of a couple of this dif- distribution things. I was I'm one of these guys. I finally got like a distribution deal on SoundCloud, and I actually have a couple labels that have distribution deals with. But I had this deal with this company out in London, and they've got like a Facebook live promotional bedroom artist thing that they're setting up for bands to do. And I signed up for that, and there's a couple other ones I signed up to do. Um, but I always go on Twitch anyway and do shows on Twitch TV. But in Facebook Live, I've been doing it for like three years for my home studio. I just go on and I record a session for my home studio. Oh, that's pretty uh, and, awesome. You know, and I've been able to, like, when I go to Fat Baby Manhattan, I get, like, 300 people, right, and a small club. But when I do Facebook Live, sometimes I get three to 5,000 people. Um, yeah. Which is, it's a totally different thing. And then I can try new stuff out. And I basically try my live show that I'm going to do in New York. I do it on Facebook Live, and I see what works and what doesn't work. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I kind of can try it. It's okay, that worked, and that didn't work. And it's like, okay, well, that's where I'm going to go when I go to New York. <laughs> do, do you post videos do... <laughs> of you uh, playing? Yeah, yeah. Do you have like a yeah, purple, actually, like purplish lighting around you when you're playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. Yeah, it's me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've totally seen your videos. Yeah, you're good, yeah, yeah, man. You're really good. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. Um, but um, yeah, it's like I, I finally people are starting to realize I've been doing this for like three years uh, uh, before anybody was, you know, doing it because the guess I, I just like to write and play all the time. Yeah, so the curve. <laughs> um so 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 it just gave me a place to do it and i just keep keep on working with some people that um, i'm trying to do a showcase on this program that i'm gonna do have some um bands actually come on my facebook and do a bedroom performance um so we're set getting ready to set that up um, but some of the bandwidth because of this corona thing has kind of dropped <laughs> some of the bands dropped out. No, no. Some of the bandwidth of the internet oh. service providers, because so many people are home. Oh yeah, it's getting slower. When I tried, I did, I did like a beta test with this band. I actually, 
I was talking to this band from like uh, the Netherlands, right? Oh. And the, normally the bandwidth was pretty good, but then like everybody's home. And so now the speeds have dropped. Yeah. So yeah. then when I did a beta test with this band from the Netherlands, it wasn't coming in right. So I'm like, man, I'm going to have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, it was just hard to get that. Well, she's in the Netherlands too. That was kind of hard to get her signal to be the best signal ever. But um, that's a limitation. But yeah, it's just what you can do. Like the fact that I was going to do that and I probably still will be able to. I'm looking at getting some boosting equipment in my on my in my house to knock it up but uh, um yeah there's a lot of cool stuff you can do so if you found other resources out there like during this time because some of the questions i'm asking now are like you know because of corona have you have you found resources that are available to you or different ways of doing things like focus on merch or focus on you know uh, doing stuff on instagram and facebook and twitch and you know have you thought about other things oh yeah i think we uh we do a pretty good job of just staying like active on our social medias during this time. And then we're playing a, uh, playing that show that we're doing on our Instagram live. And we also, we wanted to, we weren't going to release this single leech, uh, yet, but we decided since everything kind of got pushed back that we're, it's good to put something out there while we kind of have this break of shows. And also, I mean, potentially maybe like a, like shooting a music video or something of that nature would be cool just to, keep out there you know yeah and also one thing, yeah it's always good to yeah one thing that's lucky for Go us ahead. is that we that like uh our little fan base is pretty like um like active with us and like talks to us and messages us and posts when they're listening so we're pretty like uh connected with the people who do like our music so uh it, we have an easy way to just still keep connected with the people who really do like our music and stuff so yeah, and that's interesting because one of the cool things I well things I've been hearing are like sound like SoundCloud has already put a donation button on their site for people's profiles. Oh, for real? People can actually, put, yeah. If you are on SoundCloud at a certain certain level, I think it's not the free level. I think you got to be the somebody's paying. Uh, but but yeah, if baby. you're on, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I'm I'm I've, I've been on the platform for a while, so I'm kind of like at a different tier. But um, yeah, there's a donation button there's a donation button that now is available that you can like, it goes right to like a PayPal and people can go donate whatever they want to the band. Uh, that's, and, that's... Uh, they, they, they set that up. So it's actually kind of worth it. If you see, if you can get people to actually. Yeah. Get. I think that's really awesome. That's a <laughs> that's good helpful. feature that, yeah. Help a lot of musicians out during this time. Yeah. They kind of put it up. Yeah. Cause they basically say on it because of COVID-19 we're providing this donation button for your favorite band. Please donate whatever you want. And it, it goes right to their PayPal and people are able to donate whatever they want. And it goes right to the band. Dang, that's great. Wait for a real that is great. Yeah. And then I think I heard Spotify is getting ready to do the same thing um, with a button that's coming. SoundCloud just did it before them. Um, yes. But yeah, that's kind of cool that the resources are, out, are getting out there to do that. You know, that's, that's kind of what's needed, you know? Yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely <laughs> needed. It's going to be helpful. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. Because so many yeah. bands, in this age, one of the questions I have is like, you know, like streaming is 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 great because people are able to get through the gate. Like when I grew up, like if you band, like you couldn't even get anything on any kind of platform unless you went through some A and R guy, and you could never get oh, to for it, real? right? Yeah, well, I mean, because they just it was a gate. Like the record industry had these A and R guys, and unless you fit what they wanted, you weren't going to get anywhere. 
you know, oh, you, yeah. you'd have to be just totally, totally Andy trying to sell stuff out the back of your trunk, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's all you could do. Um, that's why. In fact, that now that then SoundCloud came along and I was I jumped on that like when it first started and I said, wow, now I can get my stuff out. So I started going on SoundCloud like 10, 15, 10 years ago. Um, uh, and that was like the first thing. And then now, you know, they, they actually send my stuff to all the streaming services now. So I get on everywhere um, through, through them. But yeah, it's just interesting that you can get out there, but the pay rate for streaming is very like low. It's like less than pennies. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Per, per streaming. Yeah, it's really so, hard to make so money off bands, streaming. Yeah, so, so bands have to sell merch and they have to tour. So this COVID thing has really hurt you know, not actors, musicians, anybody that does physical performance is kind of like, you know, even, even, you know, athletes that have to go to arenas, nobody can make money because they can't go out. Oh yeah. Um, Anything like public, public performance. And yeah, pretty much crippled like the, the whole music business right now. And really sucks, man. Yeah. I I feel sorry for the guys who like, you know, the recording engineers or the sound guys or the lighting guys and the riggers and the, and all the all the guys that you know they're doing all the work on the big stages, they you know they just suddenly like out of work and nobody knows when they're going to be able to come back. Oh right? yeah, and it's a big. I know there's a bunch of efforts to help like the guys who are like, in you know in the industry, you know your roadies, your tr- your truck drivers, yeah, like the lighting guys, so much. All the all the, yeah, all those guys are like hurting real bad. You know. Yeah, even like our uh, our engineer and producer, his name's uh. Alasier Sanchez, yeah, that's his name. Lights Out Studio. Uh, he, uh, we couldn't record with them, and apparently, no one can record with them right now because of the whole, you know, COVID. You can't thing. get to the studio. Yeah, yeah, so you're not. That's not an essential business, yeah, so you can't. Go. Yeah, it crippled his business pretty much, so he's kind of screwed right now. And yeah, the only thing you can do is try to see if you can send, you know, vocals or send tracks because you got an FL Studio or you got Pro Tools on your Mac. And you do it that way. Cause that's kind of like what I did a couple of years ago. I, I worked with this actress in LA and she had FL studio and I had my zoom and we did it. We never even met. And we did a, we did Skype meetings and we put together a record, just sending tracks back and forth on Google drive and going between her FL studio and my zoom R24. And we put out an album on CD baby. And it's like, we were able to put the whole album together in like three months with never, never meeting. You know, just doing it all online. That's so awesome, man. So, like, it, honestly. So it is, it is possible if you're willing to kind of think out the box, but you have to be willing to, like, you know, you know, think a little bit oh, out yeah. the box and have a, like, a, a good computer or something. Uh, to be able Oh, to yeah. Do. I was about to say, honestly, like, I I have FL Studio on my computer, and my computer is so bad that, like, every time... Oh, you can't, can't rent it. Can't rent yeah, it. every time I plug in my <laughs> interface... Uh, like it'll like freeze the whole computer and it won't do anything <laughs> it'll just be like nope. yeah that's the problem yeah that, that, that's that's why i actually got the r24 because the r24 basically does what what a dog does but it, it never freezes it, it doesn't have that kind of cpu ram issue oh dang so i need you that just, you just, you, yeah if you ever looked into task cams and zooms they they allow you to have 24 track recorders right and you just have quarter inch lines and you can put down tracks you can you can overdub you can punch in and punch out you can kind of do stuff you can, i can put up to 24 tracks and then i can bring them down and do up to 48 and like you know That's 48 megahertz 24 bit 24 bit audio which is not bad and then i can do some cool tricks with some tools on my laptop 
and most of my stuff gets approved for distribution. Um, the quality is good enough. Um, so yeah, there's alternatives. I mean, that machine is like a six hundred dollar machine. Oh damn! That's and it really gives good. you the ability. Yeah, a Zoom R24 is only like 600 bucks, and it gives you the ability to record onto SD card, and then you can load it onto your computer and to go from there. Um, so there, there are ways to do things, and I just give this out. I've been telling bands about it just because people aren't able to get to studio. Yeah, definitely. So not that I want to sell, sell a Zoom or a Tascam. I don't get any money for them, but if you want to be able to put tracks down and we get stuck here for like a year or something, that's another way of doing it. Yeah, oh yeah, Definitely. We're going to look into that, actually. We're totally going to look into that. Yeah, there's multiple. Yeah, I mean, Tascam has a 24-channel machine called a, a, a 24, and that machine's pretty good. It's it's really good. And it has, it has analog control on it on its mixing console and digital re, uh, re, recording capability. So it's analog and digital. So that one is a rock band. I would. It's really good for capturing live takes because it has analog preamps and stuff and the analog control of the overall mixing board, but digital capture of your wave file of your performance, which is pretty good. Yeah, man, we're totally going to look into that. That's really awesome. And that's the kind of something that would be cool, even just to like demo music, you know, to have stuff laid out. Yeah, yeah. Well, some bands even use it so they have some control at their gigs. So they have their own kind of sound control before it goes to the sound guy so they can kind of, control the oh sound. that's cool because you can kind of it's an idea like if you bring that then you also can even record your live performances to sd card oh and put out live records what dude yeah. that is cool so that's really cool that's a, that's an idea i just pop out there because like man i do that yeah but um <laughs> but but yeah it's a cool thing to do because like you know people like live music um and so if you can capture yourself live that's a cool way of doing it you know yeah definitely so so if you guys, like, you're working on the new EP, what's the name of that EP coming out again? Things so to know? Worry About. Yeah, so we're... Things to Worry About. So what's your release date for that? Ooh, well, actually, we were middle of recording. We're actually supposed to be uh, recording, like, the rest of the guitars and vocals, like, pretty much back-to-back for the EP. But uh, right when that happened, San Antonio mm-hmm. went on lockdown. Oh. And Oh, so you can't finish it in your current year. Yeah, so it's kind of, it, it's pretty close to being done, though. So, I mean, once it kind of gets a little less strict, which I think is kind of coming to where it's kind of, you know, getting a little better, uh, hopefully we could go in yeah. and then punch in the rest of what we need to punch in and get, get it out there. We're for sure not yeah. going to release it, though, until we could uh, gig behind it and play shows to you support want, it. Yeah, do some tours. Yeah, so you're comfortable with your current producer engineer? You want to keep that style? Oh yeah, that sound. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah, we really like him. He's a cool guy. Yeah, it's cool. Cause um, yeah, I mean, I I've, I've worked with some people. Like I've worked with a bunch of different bands, and most of the time I just kind of produce myself and I work with other people. But um, yeah, I, ha- I do have like some recording engineers I work with. Like a com- record company called Bentley Records. And I can kind of like phone it into oh, that. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a, like a distribution contract with this company in New York. And I, I, I actually send my stuff after I put it into my Zoom. And then the recording engineers take my, my Zoom files and like um, they fix them up. But my deal is people don't touch my mix um, other than they're like making it sound better, but they don't structurally yeah. change my tracks. So I kind, of, I kind of got a distribution deal where I have like creative control. But nobody can kind of they can make my stuff sound better, but they can't yeah. change 
don't, <laughs> don't compromise the art, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, some people don't care. I mean, some people want 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 a producer to kind of rework your whole song. Yeah, but like that's not me. But. Oh yeah, <laughs> we we don't really like our uh, to do too much to our music. Like usually, like <laughs> yeah, like bass drums. Yeah, yeah. Well, he does actually add like a lot of cool stuff, like oh, yeah. cool sound effects and stuff that we're like, whoa. He'll yeah, he'll like stuff. add stuff to it, he'll but he won't like change the structure. He doesn't like take away or rearrange or rearrange the structure. Like take like lines the first like couple bars and move no. them to the end or middle of the song. Or yeah, definitely around. not. Yeah, some well, some guys they're big into that. But then what happens? What I find is if you work with a producer. Sometimes producers just want you to sound like what they think you should sound like. And that's cool if you're trying to go for what their sound, their signature sound. And some producers have a signature sound and you kind of like defer to their, you know, I actually did one, I did one project with a company called Mojo Heads where I actually deferred to a producer and they rearranged my whole what? song. Oh my God. And, and it was a, yeah, it was a, but they was like a 10 minute song and they knocked it out. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like, we're just gonna delete this. And they took like, yeah, and they took pieces from like the end of the song, from the middle of the song, from all of the song, and it kind of slammed them all around. And I'm like, that's okay. wild. But that's that, but that yeah. was, <laughs> we should just try that once, right? <laughs> I tried it just to see what would happen, and I'm like, okay. It, it did okay, but it's like it's not really yeah. me. It's kind of it, it kind of became that producer's style, and I'm like, okay, that's what what he wanted to do, but it's not really <laughs> me. Um, but, but that's that's what they do sometimes. So I'm like, okay, well, I tried it. I can't say I didn't <laughs> try it. <laughs> Just didn't like it. Uh, didn't like it. <laughs> but, but um. Yeah, it's cool. So, like, we can have you back on when you're when you get that uh, EP ready to go. Uh, we tend to be able to have um, shows where we'll talk to the band when they have a release, and we could do like a release party show or something when you guys are getting ready. To yeah, push that'd out. be really awesome, man. Thank you. And uh, for, yeah, for this episode, we will include your your Spotify profile awesome. artist profile link and your and your latest single um links and it's going to go out to 11 different platforms including spotify apple music radio public overcast and many more and more and we also have integration between spotify and instagram so we'll be able to put a highlight up that will go to the podcast spotify version ah, that's of the show. cool man we, so, we really like that so, uh, yeah so we'll, we're gonna put that up later tonight uh, we do have another interview at nine but you will probably see this starting to show up within an hour. Awesome. Or so. awesome. Yeah, that's quick. Wow, that's that's really awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Oh, I did want to ask you: like, is there a meaning behind the, the uh, name of the band? So, I, I forgot to ask you. I'll, I'll let you take this one. So, um, we were just coming when we were coming up with it. It was just me and John sitting at the table. We were just throwing names out there, all different kinds of names. And a while back, there was this word. I saw on Urban Dictionary that means um, moms that take pictures of their kids. So it's technically oh, mama, yeah, paparazzi, <laughs> like paparazzi. So it's a it's a play on paparazzi. Yeah, we pronounce it mamarazzi, but um, 
it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone's we, yeah, we we don't really have like a hardcore meaning, like yeah. some kind of like philosophical. Right, we just thought it sounded cool and yeah, funny. We're just like yeah. Mama Razzy. Yeah. We tested it out by saying it in a British accent. Yeah, we're like, like Mama Razzy. <laughs> we're like, you like that. <laughs> That's another fun name because the band I just talked to—they <laughs> actually that, from Australia—they is... they named themselves after Jurassic Park because one of the band members thought the person said that the movie was called Jurassic <laughs> instead instead of Jurassic <laughs> Park, so they named themselves that. So, so it's kind of funny. You guys have a kind of a fun name too. So yeah, we really, like... yeah, we wanted something <laughs> kind of out there. Yeah, definitely. So that stands out. That's great. So you, you guys hang in there. You guys will get back in the studio and I'm going to hear from you again. Get in touch with me when you're ready uh, with your new record. And uh, we'll we'll push out information, you know, at that time when you're touring again. We'll give people their, your tour dates. Awesome. Stuff. That'd be great, um, man. Yeah. That's cool. Just Thank get, you for having us on. Yeah. Yeah. Get in touch with us. Yeah. Great. Like, have too. a good night and we'll talk to you later. Okay, thanks a lot for being on our show. It's Mamarazzi, uh, Fam Electric Ghost. Please check out all their records. If they're on the services like iTunes and Amazon, please buy their records, buy their merch, buy everything they got, download, and tell all your friends. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Have a good night.